0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Ask Me Anything where Pastor J.D. Greer gives quick answers to some of your toughest theological, ethical, and leadership questions. I am Matt Love and today we have a question that is submitted by one of our listeners and actually it is probably uh, our most asked question. We've gotten it from several people over the last few months. And so we really wanted to hop in and get you guys an answer to this because so many of you guys are wondering. Andy wrote to us and said, very simply, can you lose your salvation? Hebrews 6, 4 through 8 is throwing me for loop. So, J.D., what do you think?
1: Andy, you asked a question that is close to my heart and one that I wrestled with for many, many years. In fact, I wrote a book on it. I, I don't use this podcast to try to promote books that I've written, but this is one that was so personal to me. How do I know that I'm saved? how do I know that you can't lose your salvation? Uh, Let me just lay out a little bit of of things for you and and then maybe point you to some places that you could even go deeper. The Bible is clear that salvation is a gift given irrevocably. That means once and for all. But we prove that we have it by renewing ourselves in repentance and faith continually and by, by never ceasing to persevere onwards until we get to glory. There's a lot of warnings like the one you referenced in Hebrews 6 that almost are like, hey, hey, pay attention if you don't continue on in the faith and if you don't continue on in the grace of God you're you're going to fall away. Those warnings are one of the means by which God um, keeps us persevering in the faith and a failure to heed those warnings is evidence that you never possess that faith. And I know that's really confusing. So so, so 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 let me actually go into the passage itself, the one that Andy mentioned because it's one of the most notoriously difficult passages on eternal security. Let me just read it here Hebrews Hebrews 6 for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the holy spirit, have tasted the goodness of the word of god and the powers of the age to come, if they have fallen away, it is impossible to restore them again to repentance. Because they're crucifying again the son of god to their own harm and holding him up in uh, holding him up to contempt. Now you read that and you're like, "What?" I mean, those who were once enlightened, you know, and then they fall away, they're unable to be renewed again to repentance. I mean, that that would mean that that if you fell away that you could never even come back to Jesus. So forget, like, you know, can you lose your salvation? This passage almost makes it sound like if you lose your salvation, you can never get it back, right? I mean, this is a—that that, that verse totally threw me for a loop. This is important, okay? Here's how I approach this passage. The writer of Hebrews is giving a general, I believe, pastoral warning to his congregation. He's not trying to, to, to delineate how the processes of regeneration and justification and eternal security work together. He's simply saying, listen, listen, if you've seen the glory of Jesus and if you've been convinced of the truth of his resurrection only to return to your sin, I mean, what else is left for me to say? What greater argument can you see than the crucified, risen Jesus that would be be more convincing to you and bring you back to repentance? By the way, I also think he's referring to, because the whole book of Hebrews is about the Jewish history and he's saying he's saying look the, the Jewish people i mean they they saw evidences of god's grace and his miracles and then they saw the greatest one's of, one of this which was which was the death and resurrection of jesus if if they were once enlightened by all the old testament prophets and by all the writers of the bible and all the great acts of god in history and then they and then they they don't pay attention to that, and they don't pay attention to the Jesus they point to. Then then what else is there for God to do? God sent the ultimate proof in Christ, who lived a perfect life and did all these miracles of healing and 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 revealed the glory and the image and the love of God. And then he he died on a cross, and then he raised from the dead. If that doesn't doesn't scream the eternal God of the Old Testament, then if you fall away from that, how, what else can God do to bring you back to repentance? And again, that's a general statement. He's not trying to untangle the specifics of regeneration and justification and and eternal security. Um, So the warning is a statement to believers and unbelievers about the importance of the gospel. He's saying to unbelievers, wake up. He's saying, don't you see what God has done for you? I mean, what else is there left for God to say? Don't refuse it, because if you refuse this, there's, there's literally nothing else that God could say. For the believer, we know that he's, he's using warnings like this to keep believers tethered to the gospel. Warnings like this are one of God's means of, of keeping us awake to the, to the urgency of the gospel. Let me make this hopefully clear by comparing it to another uh, story in the New Testament that Jesus told. The story of the farmer who goes out to sow seeds. And you know, so he throws seeds on different kinds of soil, and, 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 and on one particular kind of soil, the seed, Jesus said, sprung up quickly. But because the roots didn't go very deep, the sun came out and withered the plants, or in one of the cases, the, the, the weeds of materialism and temptation choked out the life of, of the word. So in practical life, what does it look like for a seed to spring up quickly? It may mean you walk an aisle, pray a prayer. It may mean your life changes. You become you know incredibly passionate about God and and about you know, giving and, and missions and evangelism, but, but it only lasts for a little while and then it withers. The question is, in Jesus' story, do those seeds that spring up quickly and then wither away under the heat of persecution or the weeds of temptation, do those represent saved or unsaved people? And the answer is they represent unsaved people who for a while look like they're saved people. Because one of the proofs that faith is saving is that it lasts for a lifetime. It's not the intensity at the beginning. It's the duration over a lifetime that proves the reality of faith. Yes, it is true that once you're saved, once you're truly saved, you're always saved. But it's also true that once you're saved, you are forever following. One of the proofs that the faith in you is genuine is that it lasts for a lifetime. And if it withers away, then that's the demonstration that it was never really Really genuine saving faith to begin with, like those seeds. It may look awesome in that first season, but if it doesn't last, it's because the roots haven't gone down deep enough to to actually save the soul. That sends a little fear through some of us, and it reminds us drive the gospel deep. So it's a, it's a warning to unbelievers and believers. It is it is a means by which God has true believers drive the gospel deep, so that it gets down below the weeds of of temptation and the, and the son of persecution. So again, I just want to say, yes, once saved, always saved, but also once saved forever following. And these kinds of warnings like Hebrews six are one of the means by which God uses to drive the gospel deeper in our hearts. So that, um, so that we don't fall away. If we persevere to the end, that proves that we had the salvation that you could never lose. And if you do fall away before the end, That proves that you never had the salvation to begin with. Or here's a way you could say it. Faith that fizzles before the finish was flawed from the first. Faith that fizzles before the finish was flawed from the first. No, that is not original with me. I can still hear my youth pastor saying it. Um, Hey, Andy, let me add one other thing. Again, I hope if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know I make no attempt to try to, to sell books or anything like that on this podcast. But I do write books for a reason. And one of those reasons is because I think it's it's helpful for questions that I hear a lot. And so for me personally, because of how much I doubt of my salvation, how many times I prayed the sinner's prayer, I always say if there were a Guinness Book of World's Records for how many times you could say the sinner's prayer, I would hold it. I feel like I said it probably 5,000 times, no exaggeration, uh, when I was in, in high school. So I wrote a book called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. And it's on this whole idea of not just how you get saved, but what eternal security is, and and, and what salvation is. And they even have a a whole chapter on Hebrews 6, and use that to explain a lot of these warnings, like Acts 13, that only if you continue on in the grace of God will you you make it to heaven. Um, So I really kind of unpack that and show what the practical implications are for for our lives. So if you're still wrestling with this, I'd encourage you to to grab that book and read it, and hopefully it'll help answer this in a more in-depth way that you can then share with others.
0: Thanks, JD. I hope Andy and others with the same question found some truth and hope in this answer today. And, and you can join us next week for a follow-up episode to this question, when Pastor JD answers more specifically about some of the warnings in the Bible about losing your salvation. So come back next week, and we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.